0: Welcome to the One Year Bible Tour Guide. My name is David McAdam. Today we're going to be reading January 4th's passages, beginning with the book of Genesis, chapter 8. We're going to continue to follow the account of Noah, beginning with verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed, the rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of a hundred and fifty days the waters had abated, and in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, and the mountains continued to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of forty days Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him, to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. In the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked And behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth." So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, sea-time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Chapter 9 And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens." upon everything that creeps on the ground, and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And for your lifeblood I will require a reckoning. From every beast I will require it, and from man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And you, be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backwards, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. These are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Togamar. The sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Donanim. From these the coastland peoples spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans in their nations. The sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havala, Habta, Rama and Sabteca. The sons of Rama, Sheba and Dedan. Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Calneh, in the land of Shinar. From that land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth-ir, Kala, and Rezin between Nineveh and Calah, That is the great city. Egypt fathered Ludim, Anamim, Lahabin, Naphtuhim, Pathrosim, Kaslohim, from whom the Philistines came, and Kaftorim. Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth. And the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Arkites, the Sinites, the Arvidites, the Zemorites, and the Hamathites, Afterward, the clans of the Canaanites dispersed, and the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of Jerar as far as Geza, and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim, as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham, by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. To Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth, children were born the sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Arkbashad, Lud, and Aram, the sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arpakshad fathered Shelah, and Shelah fathered Eber. To Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan fathered Amodad, Shelef, Hazam, Maveth, Jera, Hadoram, Uzal, Dekla, Obal, Abamael, Shaba, Ofer, Havilah, and Jobab—all these were the sons of Joktan. The territory in which they lived extended from Mesha in the direction of Sephar to the hill country of the east. These are the sons of Shem by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. These are the clans of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies, in their nations, and from these the nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. So, as we learned yesterday, the Ark of Noah is another picture of God's plan of deliverance from the sentence of death that Jesus would eventually accomplish through the cross on behalf of those who believe his word. Jesus refers to his death, burial, and resurrection as an accomplishment. Through his death on the cross, Jesus accomplishes what is necessary to deliver those who believe on him from the judgment that their sins deserve. It is his provision of mercy. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 31, Jesus speaks on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Elijah. They're discussing his impending death, which is described as, quote, the departure, end quote, literally, the exodus. That's what the Greek word is for departure. He would accomplish, in Jerusalem, His death as our substitute. Jesus provides what is necessary to satisfy God's righteous demands for justice on behalf of believers. Our sins are punished in His body. We escape the dominion of sin and the judgment of death. Jesus, the Lamb of God, provides the greater Passover, secures the greater Exodus, and He provides for those who will enter in by faith a greater deliverance. To the greater ark of Noah. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, we read, And the Lord remembered Noah. How reassuring this is. What is the grace of God all about? Grace is God remembering us. He knows what we need, He freely provides for us what we could not provide for ourselves. Psalm 115, verse 12 says, He is mindful of us, He knows our frame, our capacities, and our limitations. He remembers we are but dust in Psalm 103, verse 14. He provides a place of salvation so we can escape the wrathful judgment that our sins deserve. God gave us the capacity to fix things, but one thing we cannot fix is the problem of our sinful hearts. In Jeremiah 17:9, So God gives us what we do not deserve or cannot attain for ourselves. He gives us the revelation of His plan of salvation and the capacity to believe Him. What is the source of the fights and quarrels in human history? It all begins in our hearts. In James 4.1 Jesus said, Out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. We need a new kind of heart, a loving, law-abiding heart, a heart that is right with God. And this is precisely what the gospel of God's grace promises us in Ezekiel 36:26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws it is the promise of the spirit that enables us to live as a new creation a new person in Christ Noah's name means rest although his life was not exactly restful He was quite active fulfilling his obedience to God, building an ark, preaching the word. But ultimately, he would have to rest in the authority and wisdom of God's word pertaining to the flood, the impending judgment against sin. He would have to trust his plan of salvation to escape that judgment. Have you discovered God's rest by transferring your trust to the wisdom of God's plan of salvation? Have you responded to Jesus Christ's invitation to come into the ark of his rest Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Like Noah, we need a vessel apart from ourselves to save ourselves. We must trust God's revelation and be obedient to it. It is not enough to believe that judgment is coming, in Noah's case, the flood. We must believe in what God has provided as a way of escape and enter into it by faith. God shut the door when the rains came, in Genesis 7, verse 16. The only ones in the ark were the ones that Noah brought with him. Notice that there was no rudder or mast on the ark. It was not for Noah to direct or accelerate this ship. He would have to rest in God's provision. He could not steer the ship. He had to trust that God would get him where he needed to go. As the waters of judgment came down upon the old creation, he would have to trust that God would bring him into the new creation and do it in his way and in his time. After the flood subsides and Noah disembarks, he builds an altar to offer God worship in Genesis 8, verses 20 to 22. God then makes a covenant with Noah. A covenant is an abiding agreement between two parties that defines the terms of relationship. Promises and expectations are spelled out. In the covenant that God makes with Noah, God clarifies his promises to Noah and his descendants, and that's us, by the way, God pledges to keep his promises forever. The rainbow would be a sign of that covenant. When we see the rainbow, we're called to remember that God never forgets his promise. We remember his grace. The Lord remembered Noah, so he will remember us. We can rest in his word. We can trust in his plan of salvation and respond with the obedience of faith to enter into what God has provided of a rescue from his righteous wrath against sin, which demanded the death penalty. He has provided an entrance into life as it is in Christ Jesus, the federal head of a new creation. Now reading from the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, starting with verse 12. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. So, as we have learned, as we read through the Gospel of Matthew, he is addressing primarily a Jewish audience, and he's continually supplying Old Testament references that prophetically demonstrate that Jesus is the promised Messiah that the Jews were told to expect. Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee of the Gentiles, making known his glory. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 9. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish in earlier times, He treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. In Jesus, we not only see the manifested truth about God, but we see the truth about man. Not man as he has become through the fall, but true man. Man as the Son of God created man to be. A man without sin, a man full of the Holy Spirit, a true subject of the kingdom of God. In Jesus, we see the God-man ruled by God. He is the manifestation of the rule of God. In Jesus, the kingdom of heaven was at hand, in Matthew 4:17, The terms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, are used interchangeably in the New Testament. In him, the kingdom of God was on display. God's promised blessing upon full obedience to God's law fell upon his Son. In Christ, we see God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Thus, the kingdom of God was observable. The kingdom of God was at hand. The first word of Jesus' public ministry in Galilee is repent. In the Greek language, the word for repent is metanoia, which means to change your way of thinking. Jesus calls us to change our way of thinking about God, about ourselves, and about how we can be saved. We all have broken God's law, And as a result we are broken and cannot be repaired by our own efforts therefore we're called to admit our sin turn from following our own rebellious ways and trust christ with a living faith that will pursue him with obedience that's what true repentance is in galilee jesus calls the first of his twelve disciples two sets of brothers peter and andrew and james and john all of them fishermen think about his promise to peter and andrew follow me and I will make you Jesus is the creator who made us we are all broken by our sin but Jesus promises to redeem us to salvage our lives by making us new creatures fashioning us into his likeness we must follow him all the way not just on his preaching tour but all the way to the cross where we see God's kingdom verdict upon our sin executed when he offers his body as a perfect substitutionary sacrifice atoning for our sins. It is there where justice is fully satisfied with Jesus taking the punishment we deserve for our rebellion. It is on the basis of that justice that God's mercy releases full pardon. It is on the basis of His identification with us that our sin debt is paid. Based on our identification with Him, we are credited with His righteousness. He qualifies us to receive the gift of eternal life so He can make us the Christ-like men and women that he has purposed us to be before the beginning of time. Now reading from the Book of Psalms, Psalm chapter four, beginning with verse one: "Answer me when I call." To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honour be turned to shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? Selah But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for Himself. The Lord hears when I call to Him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Selah Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, Who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. We observe that there are similarities between Psalm 3 and Psalm 4. It is quite possible that David is dealing with similar circumstances in both. Enemies who oppose him and mock him to scorn, and situations that cause distress. Psalm 3 is a morning psalm. Psalm 4 is an evening psalm. Notice in verse 8, the psalmist gives us the example of calling upon the Lord day and night in prayer and song. Notice that this psalm was given to the choir director and was to be accompanied with stringed instruments. It's a song for the people of God. It contains David's personal heart cry, but it is also a heart cry that is relevant to all those who have become worshippers of the one true God. We all experience the tension that comes with being set apart in Christ for the glory of God, while at the same time being in a world system that is deceived and opposes godliness. Verse 2 most likely refers to the sons of men who followed the rebellion of David's son, Absalom, and fell to loving what was worthless, believing lies. Verses 4 and 5 contain encouragement for all Christ followers. This is how we are to handle stressful situations. We have godly reverence and cast our cares upon the Lord in prayer. Verse 4 says, Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Zilah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. The final verses of this psalm speak of the gladness and peace that comes when we discover the gift of righteousness, the righteousness of God that is credited to us when we put the full weight of our trust upon Jesus Christ. He alone can make us dwell in safety. Truly, this is good news. Gospel righteousness. And we finish with a reading from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 to 23. Wisdom shouts out in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O oh naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my Spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. We understand from this portion that it is not just wisdom to hear the Word of God, but we must receive the Holy Spirit to enable us to live out the Word that is revealed. So let's pray. Father, today we just want to sing of your mercies by a miracle of sovereign grace, you've broken through the cacophony of our lives with a clear, convicting gospel truth, calling us from death to life. Thank you for this revelation of your plan of salvation, that we can come to Jesus Christ and enter into this rest, knowing that he has provided all that's needed for us to have a right standing before you. Lord, we ask that you increase our hunger for your word and our desire to heed it. Give us a deeper repentance and a horror for our sin. Thank you for providing deliverance from the wrath to come. You are our hiding place. You are our eternal refuge. You are our rock, our high tower, our strong fortress. You are the greater ark of Noah. Thank you for calling us out of darkness to follow you in the light. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit, your word will do a greater transforming work in us As we yield ourselves in full surrender, may we become more like Jesus today. And we ask this in his incomparable name. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this year's Bible reading tour. I hope you're finding it helpful. There are some who say that you read the Bible just as you would any other book. What they may be missing is that the Bible is not just like any other book. It is distinct in its revelatory nature and requires the illumination of the Spirit. You remember that Jesus opened the eyes and set the hearts of his disciples ablaze after he rose from the dead and met with them on the Emmaus Road in Luke chapter 24. There he explained the scriptures to them and gave them understanding. Our prayer is that he will continue to be at work opening our eyes and setting our hearts on fire. If this podcast is a blessing to you, or if you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you, and you can write us at podcast at newlife.org and you can learn more about the ministries of new life at our website newlife.org and also subscribe to a free daily email with a written commentary with charts and maps and pictures that help you navigate your way through the one-year bible readings the website's easy to find newlife.org and don't forget to let others know about this podcast responding indicating a like or clicking subscribe wherever you get your podcasts will help us in our mission to spread the word and the love of the truth god bless you and may he keep you looking to jesus the author and finisher of your faith shalom